0: Even if the New Orleans Saints can't trade the rights of Sean Payton this offseason, they are more than capable of reloading their team you on both the offensive and defensive sides without a first Saints round pick. We got all of that Part and of a little locked bit of Lanyak for you on today's Network, episode of your locked team locked on Saints. every day. is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family. Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today Saints Wire, Tuesdays is Locked lot the NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. Today's episode of Locked On Saints brought to you by Bet Online. They get more odds, lines, and props than ever before. Check them out today, Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's episode, it is our uh, final Friday episode. We're going to sort of blend a little bit what we would usually do with the mock draft on Tuesday, since I wasn't able to do a mock draft. And our usual Friday, which is kind of a free agency Friday. and As we mentioned, with free agency Friday, we'll take a look at outgoing free agents, uh, potential outside free agents that the Saints could bring in. But let's kick things off with a mock draft, because I kind of want to just treat this episode as a kind of off-season, like a mock off-season in in a way. We're not going to get into contract figures, salary cap, all that stuff, because there's so much uncertainty in terms of what those numbers look like going into next season anyway but what are some of the things that the New Orleans Saints can do to reload their roster going in to 2023? And the key two things to know from today's episode are one, even if the Saints can't get a first round pick, they can easily still reload this team with a second round pick throughout, uh, You know, based upon what they can do. So through the free agency period, as well as through the draft, the Saints can still absolutely rebuild. The second piece is, is that none of this matters if the Saints can't get things right on the coaching staff. And that doesn't necessarily mean Dennis Allen. Like I've said time and time again, I expected Dennis Allen will be back in 2023. But if there's any concerns around play calling, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinators, things like that, then they'll need to be addressed over the course of the offseason. And if they address those issues, or if they decide that there are issues there and decide that they want to address those focuses, they're gonna have to get it right in order for any of the personnel moves on the team to make any bit of difference. And when I mentioned like defensive coordinator stuff, by the way, what I'm really talking about is do you want to stick with co-defensive coordinators or do you want to focus down to just a single defensive coordinator? All of that. So let's kick this off first with establishing the needs for the New Orleans Saints in terms of player roster needs. And then we'll start off with our second our seventh uh, seven round mock draft starting at the second round. So first thing that we're going to point out here are the needs. So easy list here of seven positions that need to be addressed over the course of the offseason. We'll say included, but not limited to, right? There are other positions that they'll certainly want to start to pay attention to, look at and everything. Uh, quarterback, edge rusher, safety, defensive tackle, wide receiver, tight end, running back. So those are the seven ones that I've listed. The Saints might want to bring in Some kicker competition there. They got to figure out if they can re-sign Blake Gilligan over the course of the offseason. Maybe they want to add some more to linebacker. I'm not excluding any positions at all. I'm just focusing on these seven in terms of this exercise of the mock offseason. So again, on the offensive side, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, running back. On the defensive side, edge rusher, defensive tackle, and safety. So let's get started with our uh, seven-round mock draft here. Starting off in the second round, pick number 40. Overall, with using the uh, Pro Football Network mock draft simulator. And the first section I did here is a little bit against the grain. Usually I take Hinden Hooker here. That's usually my default pick, but I wanted to do something a little bit different and explore other possibilities in this mock draft. So I went with an edge rusher instead Florida State edge rusher, Jared Verse. If you just watched him against Oklahoma, you understand this kid is not nearly as much of a project edge rusher as what we've seen the New Orleans Saints invest in in the past, but he's also. Not strictly a speed to power conversion type of a guy. He's got athleticism. He's got bend. He can round the edge. He can do a lot of different things. He had an OU player sound off to him at one point saying something about how he won't make it in the league. And then Jared Verse on that very same play turned around and got a sack that basically ended the game. My guy, uh, Darian Parson from over at Draft Network, he loves this guy as well. So if if Damian's putting his stamp on him, then I'll put my stamp on him. I really like what Jared Verse brings, so I went with him at pick 40. Uh, Marcus Davenport might not be in the building next year. Uh, You don't know what you've got in Peyton Turner. Tano Passigno is a free agent, though I think that the Saints will work to bring him back. So really, the only other guys that you have are Carl Granderson, who's worked his way into a starting role at Edge, and Cam Jordan, but you want that rotation. So getting another young guy in the building is a really good idea, especially one with the talent level of a Jared Verse. Pick number 71 in the third round, and it was Zach Charbonnet, running back out of UCLA. You want him to run between the tackles? Sure. You want him to catch a ball downfield? Sure. He can do a little bit of it all, but he's going to be somebody that's going to turn into a little bit more of a bell cow back in the NFL, which would then free up Alvin Kerr to be a little bit more available in space, change of pace. Those things we're used to seeing him do in the fourth round here, I was able to go with a quarterback uh, and I took Jaron Hall, the quarterback out of BYU. He's got a huge arm, really, really athletic guy, has some mobility isn't probably going to be a guy that you're going to want to start week one of the two thousand of his rookie season. But if you want to bring in a guy to develop a guy that can kind of learn the system and maybe build a system around him as well, Jaron Hall could absolutely be that player. He's got some development, some things. We'll break him down in another draft prospect Thursday episode. Uh, I think next week I have him on the schedule. And so we'll we'll break him down a little bit further. He's not somebody that's gonna come in and start for you, he's not somebody that answers all your questions at quarterback right away but his tool set is remarkable. And if you can you know, get the right things out of him, kind of give him that Jordan Love treatment a little bit. Jordan Love came out of Utah State, same thing. We sat behind Aaron Rodgers for a few years. Now there's question marks about whether or not he's ready to be the starter. Jaron Hall could be one of those guys as well. It's where you don't have to rush him in, but then you get to kind of build him up over time. Um, pick number 141, our first selection in the fifth round. Remember the Saints have two selections in the fifth round because of CJ Garner-Johnson trade. I went with a uh, Virginia wide receiver, Dontavion Wicks. Dontavion Wicks to me is like he's kind of like a Romeo Dobbs, and and y'all know he you know if you were here for the draft uh, the draft cycle last year, you know how much I loved Romeo Dobbs because I wanted the Saints to double dip at wide receiver in the draft. That was a big thing that I kind of discussed when it came to them and all the different things that they could do. He's a three level threat get you some yards after catch, 6'2", 205 pounds. He's a big body, secure hands. He's not somebody that a lot of folks are going to talk about coming out of Virginia, but he, to me, is one of those sleeper wide receivers that you should absolutely roll the dice on if you're looking for another receiver. And he does a great job, especially as a three-level threat, in the short area of the field. So that allows Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed to continue to do everything that they do away from the line of scrimmage. If you, if you bring back Michael Thomas next year, get him back healthy, allows him to do everything, but then you can kind of work in Dontavion Wicks in sort of that same sort of way that you work in a Michael Thomas, allowing him to be all three levels operating close to the line of scrimmage, but a get playmaker ability with somebody that you can hit in the short area of the field who could then turn that into a big gain. So I really like Wicks there. 163 last pick or the second selection in the fifth round. I went with Mark Perry, the safety out of TCU, had a little bit of a decision to make there between him and Jay Ward out of LSU. Uh, I went with Mark Perry because the box safety mold is one that's easy to find later on in at the bottom of the of the draft. So you get somebody like a Mark Perry who transferred over to TCU and has become a bit more of that run stopper. Uh, he leads, I think he's right up at the top, near the top across all power five uh, safeties in run stops and run stop percentage so he brings you all of that sort of like what you're getting from tyra Matthew right now and then on top of that when he was with Colorado before he transferred had a few interceptions, few pass breakups in a season things like that so he's got a little bit of that part of his game too. He's not a deep safety at all though and he's definitely one of those guys you don't want to put in a position to where somebody can get up behind him, but if you're using him in the box, using him close to the line of scrimmage, fantastic in run support. And then finally uh, at pick 203 in the sixth round our final selection Keandre Coburn the guy I've told you about before that if I could draft based on character alone he would be a first round pick for me defensive tackle out of Texas has some versatility but he's a pretty good penetrating uh defensive tackle on the interior as well as a good run stopper as well and just a fantastic fantastic culture piece as well so absolutely love being able to get that pick there so just as a quick recap Jared verse Zach Char- or sorry edge rusher Jared verse uh running back Zach charbonnet quarterback um jaron hall uh, wide receiver Dontavian wicks uh safety mark perry out of tcu and then defensive tackle keandre coburn but it's not just what they can do in the draft it's about the free agents as well so let's start with the in-house guys that new orleans saints must keep over the course of the offseason and then we'll talk about some of the other names that they could potentially look to bring back as well we got that coming up for you as we continue on with this friday episode of Locked On Saints. Today's episode of Locked On Saints brought to you by the National Highway and Traffic Safety Association. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal in every state against the law, even in states where marijuana itself is legal. So that means that if you drive high, you could get a DUI. And if you think that law enforcement can't tell that you're high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. You Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high because driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time, change how you perceive time and speed as well. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different. It's that simple. Driving high is considered under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by the National Highway and Traffic Safety Association. family continuing on with today's episode of locked on saints thanks again making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen make sure you go and check out locked on sports today as well wherever you get your podcast so i want to take a look now at the in-house free agents that the new orleans saints must resign over the course of this off season so we'll kind of start with the must resign folks but then we'll we'll get into some conversation around the others uh, around some others as well so let's let's stick with the defensive interior we were talking about Keandre Coburn. Uh, Here just a moment ago as my final selection in this uh, seven-round mock draft that I just did. And I think that for the Saints, interior defensive line is a really important one for them because they don't have anybody under contract there outside of Jordan Jackson, who uh, is a rookie. He's on the practice squad. So I assume he's going to get a future reserve deal, which will keep him around next season. But in terms of guys that are seeing playing time in 2022, there's nobody on contract in 2023. David Onyemada and Contavia Street, though, to me, are must-keep guys for the New Orleans Saints defense particularly on the interior, that they could potentially bring back. So if you you re-sign David Onyemata, uh, probably not for the same type of contract that you gave him before. He just hasn't had that type of consistency, missed some games with suspensions and things like that as well. Uh, Contavia Street, though, had a really solid season, has had a really solid season for the New Orleans Saints. He's made some good plays in the passing game. He's also made several plays in the run game as well. Just one of the smartest players that you can talk to on that team as well. His football IQ is off the charts. So I think that adds value, too, as he continues to grow and become, you know, more entrenched in a team that actually takes the time to believe in him. San Francisco moved on from him. Hopefully, the Saints will be that team that believes in him, and he will grow to be one of those defensive leaders on the defensive line over time if you continue to invest in him. So I think it would be wise of the New Orleans Saints to do so and to bring back David Onyemata as well, right in the same sort of fell swoop. Um. Next up, let's stick around over on the defensive side. Caden Ellis, linebacker. Um, you got to keep him. Y- you got to find a way to keep him. Uh, he is, uh, I-, I know that he's, it- it's a tough one because he's probably not going to start for you next season, right? Demario Davis, Pete Warner, they- they'll be back next year. That's going to be a big deal for, uh, you know, where Caden Ellis sees his opportunities. But the Saints have been playing more and more three linebacker sets. The NFL is running the ball more and more. The NFL sort of offenses. Forced defenses to operate a nickel base. Now they're starting to shift over, which means sorry, which means two linebackers and five defensive line or five defensive backs, or at least five defensive backs in some uh, conversation. Either way, you're you're better equipped for coverage, but you're lighter on the defensive side, so you're less equipped for the run game. And so now that the entire defense has shifted over to the entire league has shifted over to nickel defenses and lighter defensive packaging. Now, all of a sudden you're seeing the NFL offenses now run the ball a lot more because they can, because they're getting lighter boxes. They're getting lighter defenders. They're literally getting lighter defenses to come out on the field. So, of course, you're going to switch back to running. So, getting a guy like Caden Ellis back in New Orleans, even if you still have DeMario Davis and and, and Pete Werner starting next year, is not a wasted move by any stretch of the imagination. Plus, if you can get him in on a long-term deal, once DeMario Davis hangs up those prestigious cleats of his, then all of a sudden you're transitioning to a linebacker unit, uh, at least nickel set, of um, Pete Werner and Cade Nellis. And I think you're really, really, really okay with that, especially with what Cade Ellis has shown you so far this season. So he's a must keep for the Saints. Uh, defensive end, Tonto Passanio is another one that I look at as a must keep for the Saints. Again, you expect that Marcus Davenport will probably get a big contract somewhere. There's no need for the New Orleans Saints to break the bank there. Um And then, you know, I I talked about them drafting, but, you know, staying home first and keeping those guys in the building, a ton of passing, you know, makes a lot of sense. He also gives you the versatility, right? Defensive end and defensive tackle, which the Saints value highly. Um, And then to wrap us up over the defensive side, safety, JT Gray, I think very important to keep. I'm talking about him on the defensive side. Obviously, he's a core special teamer. He was an all pro special teamer for the Saints last year in 2021. I think that you know he's somebody that you absolutely have to keep. And now, especially now that you've got Isaac Yadam in the building as well, those two guys at Gunner have been awesome since they figured out that pairing. So I think revitalizing that pairing for next year from the beginning of the season uh, would be wise for the Saints. And then last on the must-keep list for me is tight end Juwan Johnson. Got to find a way to keep him. And he'll be easier to keep because he's a restricted free agent. So you can put a second round tender on him, which means that If any team makes him a contract offer, the Saints would get right a first refusal. If they don't feel like matching whatever contract offer he gets elsewhere, then that team that signs him away would have to send them a second round uh, pick, or they can match that contract, which seems very likely. And it seems that the Saints would want to work out a long-term deal as well. They could do this tender first, which would be a one-year deal, and then work on the long-term contract before that deadline, which is much later in the offseason. So it buys them time to keep him in the building through free agency, the draft, all that while working on uh, a long-term deal, which the Saints couldn't get done with like Deontay Hardy this past season. And, you know, then he had the injury and everything. So I I don't know that Deontay Hardy is going to be back next year. So I wouldn't use that as a complete comparison entirely there. But when you look at where the Saints could go next, uh, I I don't know where else you'd go at tight end. Juwan Johnson has been an absolute revelation for you. You're keeping around. He might be the best tight end in New Orleans since Jimmy Graham already, which is insane to even say or think of Uh, a couple of other names that I could absolutely see the Saints keeping around PJ Williams on another deal. Um, You know, he's working his tail off right now. We saw him out at practice uh, with his brace on just like working and working and working. He's running just like everybody else is and everything. He's working his tail off to get back out on the field. He's been awesome. Um, And look, I mean, he plays like seven different positions, not really plays like three different positions, but because of all the different things you can do that he can do, that makes a ton of sense to keep him around. I could also see the Saints keeping Calvin Throckmorton around for the same reason, all the different things that he can do. Blake Gilligan is a name that you would probably like to see the Saints resign. He's shanked some punts in bad situations, but he's been consistently good uh, throughout. So I wouldn't be surprised to see like a little bit of a punter competition this year, and a little bit of a kicker competition in the offseason as well, based on the performances of both Will Lutz and Blake Gilligan this year. Andy Dalton absolutely is a part of this conversation. Do the Saints keep him around? I mean, them committing to him for the rest of twenty twenty two. It would. It seems like they're preparing to bring him back for twenty twenty three, but we'll see. Shia Tuttle, Marquez Callaway, those are other guys that are on the list, as well as like Malcolm Brown and others too. But you know those those other. Well, how many did I go over? I went over six. Those other six teams are like must keep guys. Those are guys that I could absolutely see the Saints keeping around, especially like Marquez Calloway, where you have a thinning wide receiver room right now over the course of the offseason. But it doesn't stop at in-house free agents. There are the outside free agents that they could go and sign as well, including a new quarterback if they really want to shake things up. And there are several options in the free agency, in the free agent quarterback market. Could the Saints dip there? If they were, I'll tell you who I think they should sign. As we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints, today's episode of Locked On Saints brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all of your sports wagering needs, odds, lines, props, more than ever before. But they've also got news, scores, and if you like sports podcasts, which you know you do, they've got sports podcasts as well. The fastest and easiest way to get caught up on all the trends and action. Speaking of trends in action, you might want to keep an eye out on Bet Online because Jalen Hurts listed as doubtful for the game on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. So far this season, no player that has been given a doubtful designation has played the next Sunday. So there's a good chance that it's Gardner Minshew starting against the New Orleans Saints. How does that impact the line? You're going to want to go and check that out and maybe even get in on that action as well over at betonline.net. Find everything that you need on your mobile device or your laptop or desktop, wherever it is that you browse by heading over to betonline.net where the game starts. get it who nation wrap it up today's episode of locked on saints with a look at some outside free agents that the new orleans saints could be interested in including a quarterback that could lead them all through 2023 if they manage to bring him in which wouldn't necessarily break the bank because there are a lot of good good and solid solid um quarterbacks in the free agency market, there's not an elite guy that's going to be out there that's going to be looking for a new place to go, at least at this time, as we can like forecast who will be available. But there are going to be – I mean, yes, th- th- there's Tom Brady. There's that whole conversation, I know. But in terms of the guys that are realistic to the New Orleans Saints, most realistic to the New Orleans Saints, there's not really one of those like world movers, world beaters that are out there. But there are other veteran options for the Saints. So even if they brought back Andy Dalton this year or next year, it seems likely that Jameis Winston's on his way out. So, if that's the case, which is about, by the way, not I'm not saying that I want that to happen. It's just that, like, that's what it looks like from the organization standpoint, or out looking outside at the organization standpoint. So, there are a few options out there: uh, Geno Smith out of Seattle, Jacoby Brissett currently with the Browns, Daniel Jones may become available, Zach Wilson could potentially become available as well from those New York teams that are like moving on and looking looking to solve their quarterback problems. Gardner Minshew, who the Saints may play Sunday, you'll get a quick look at him. Teddy Bridgewater is another option as well. So there are a, a return of Teddy Bridgewater, and we've broken that down before. So we like, look, I, I, I know the appeal of bringing Teddy Bridgewater back because of the culture and because of how fun he is and all those other things. He's beloved in this city, and it would make a lot of sense. But are you just retreading at that point, right? Instead of looking to find a way to win games. So out of like those players, Even if you brought Andy Dalton back, or honestly, if you didn't bring Andy Dalton back, you decided to bring Teddy Bridgewater back instead. Let's say that. I would still go after Geno Smith. I really, really would. It would be really hard for me to turn down Geno Smith if he were an option for the New Orleans Saints. He's had an outstanding 2022. The Seahawks pick mad early because of the Russell Wilson trade and because of how terrible he's been and how terrible Denver's been. Nathaniel Hackett, what, the fourth head coach ever to be fired before a season, before his first season as a head coach? Ends that did not go well. Um, but Seattle has benefited from that because they've got an outstanding quarterback play from Geno Smith, the guy that no one thought was going to go out there and set the world on fire, went out there and set the world on fire, and now could enter the free agency market looking for a pretty good deal. It doesn't have to be like a 20 million dollar per year deal, it could easily be a deal that you know is structured in a certain way, kind of like the Jameis Winston deal was structured. It could be incentive heavy, that's what you could do with an Andy Dalton contract as well. Like, there are definitely ways for you to figure all of that out, but I think bringing Geno Smith in would be a ton of fun, especially if you're bringing in a guy like Jaron Hall who has the big arm, who has the mobility, and you want to build a system that fits him. Geno Smith or Taysom Hill would be good people to build that system with while you're developing a Jaron Hall in the background. Remember, that's who we drafted, right, quote unquote, in our mock offseason season here. So in this case, with the way that everything has worked out, that's where I didn't re-sign Andy Dalton I'm going to go out and try to get Geno Smith, and I'm going to try to sign Teddy Bridgewater as well. If I can, I'll, I'll bring both of them in to work with uh, Taysom Hill and and you know to to rotate with Taysom Hill, of course, and then have Jaron Hall developing in the background with all of these guys that can run these like versatile uh, systems. So I'm a big fan of that idea, but it's not the only idea. There are other quarterbacks that they could obviously go after over the course of the offseason as well. Uh, next, I'm looking at, tie, uh, at at defensive tackle. Excuse me. I'm not going to worry too much about running back. I've got, you know, Benjamin on contract for another year. Alvin Kamara is there drafted um, uh, uh, Zach Charbonnet. Uh, Maybe I can go and find, you know, another Raheem Mostert or maybe a a Rashad Penny or something like that and, you know, bring in another veteran. But I'm feeling pretty good there. So I'm not going to worry too much there. I'm going to keep focusing on the defensive interior. I want another Pass rusher on the defensive interior, so I'm going to go after. And there's a lot of options. There's uh, Sheldon Rankins. There's Dalvin Tomlinson. There's Ashawn Robinson, who I would love to be a New Orleans Saint just for the jokes that uh, that that Adam and Ryan would have over at the Saints Twitter podcast. Like that's enough of a reason for me to say, hey, go sign Ashawn Robinson. But I'm going to go after Draymond Jones, the uh, defensive tackle out of uh, Denver. I want that interior pass rusher, and so I love his ability. In that area of the game be hard to pass up six and a half sacks two years ago five and a half sacks last year six and a half this year so he's had a really solid sit three years could potentially price him out but if i can sell him on the vision and if i can get that contract back loaded then we're all good because that salary capture is going to go up and up and up and up uh year after year next i'm going to wide receiver i'm not even worried about the other options that are out there jarvis landry could potentially be back but if he doesn't come back It's easy for me. It's Darius Slayton, former New York Giants wide receiver, most not most importantly, but most like connected though, former Auburn uh, wide receiver, meaning that he worked with Cody Burns, who's now the New Orleans Saints wide receiver coach. So you know that that connection's already there. And there were a lot of rumors connecting the New Orleans Saints and Darius Slayton in offseason trade talks before the season began, before they drafted Chris Olave, before they brought in Rashid Shahid as a UDFA, all of that. So really, really easy to see these the team and Darius Slayton coming together over the course of this offseason for me that's probably one of the easiest to forecast signings that could potentially happen this offseason for the New Orleans Saints gives you another guy that operates close to the line of scrimmage we got Dontavion Wicks in the draft there but this is this would be before the draft so you go and you get somebody else that could be another possession receiver in case things don't go well with Michael Thomas over the offseason in case he's not ready to start the season in case you move on from in case he gets hurt again whatever Darius Slayton's another one of those guys that could be that possession receiver for you, three level threat, all of that. And Cody Burns knows exactly what he could do because he helped to transition the way that Darius Slayton played wide receiver in college. They've got a great relationship together. So it'd be really cool to see uh, Darius Slayton back in New Orleans or back t- back in with Cody Burns here in New Orleans. And then fin- finally, I'm looking at tight end here because I didn't draft a tight end. I brought back Juwan Johnson, but I want to add another tight end as well. I want another veteran guy uh, that can do kind of a lot of different things. There are some really good names out there that aren't necessarily players that can do a lot of things, but that can do you know some things really well. Evan Ingram, of course, really great pass catcher. He's been awesome for Jacksonville. Cam Jordan recruited him heavy, heavy, heavy over the course of this season, uh, trying to get him to sign in New Orleans before he went to Jacksonville. Dalton Schultz out of uh, Dallas, of course, would be an option, but he's going to be a big time paycheck. Wouldn't be surprised, obviously, to see him stay in Dallas as well. Robert Tanyan, same thing. Really great pass catcher. Can do a lot of different things. Hard to see him leaving Green Bay unless Aaron Rodgers leaves. Then maybe there's a chance that he really hits the market in, uh, in earnest. Uh, Mike Gasecki would be a guy that's very likely out in Miami. He'll get an opportunity to go out there and find a contract, but he's more of a pass catcher. Then you've got other guys Hayden, Hurst, Austin Hooper, OJ Howard. There's a lot of them. The guy that I like for the Saints. Honestly, and maybe it's a bit of a boring selection. I don't know. Uh, Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau from the Las Vegas Raiders. He's been over there behind Darren Waller. He can catch. He can block. He can run the split zone uh, action that the Saints like to run. It's one of the reasons why they like Nick Vanette so much. Good guy, like good culture guy as well, from Louisiana, like has the LSU ties, all of those things. I could see the Saints loving Foster Moreau's game easily. Reminds me so much of Josh Hill. It really does. And so I could see the Saints looking for that type of player to pair with Juwan Johnson, let Adam Troutman continue to figure out sort of what he looks like in the NFL. But you would have two very, very solid options no matter what you were looking to do. If you were looking for the pass catcher, you've got Juwan Johnson. If you're looking for the blocker, you've got Foss Moreau, but they can interchange as well because they can each do multiple things. So it would be really cool to have him in there. So if the needs that we started off with at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the, show or agreeable uh quarterback we brought in uh geno smith and then looked for another veteran backup could be a guy like teddy bridgewater it could be you know they could reunite with ian book whatever i don't care but they could go and find another guy as well but then we also drafted jaron hall in the draft edge rusher we had them retain tono passing uh didn't go to the market for a new one instead went to the draft for a new face jared verse to pair up and add into that room with carl granderson as well as of course cam jordan um for safety, I didn't do too much. Maybe I could have done more with safety here, but I drafted Mark Perry, get another box safety and retain JT Gray. Uh, defensive tackle, we brought in Keandre Coburn. We re-signed uh, David Onyemata, Katavia Street, and then we went out and grabbed another veteran defensive tackle. Again, we named a bunch. You could do the reunion with Sheldon Rankins if you want things like that. I went after Draymond Jones, though, because I want that interior pass rusher. Wide receiver, drafted Dontevion Wicks. Uh, also, of course, brought in uh, Darius Slayton. Tight end, uh, didn't draft anybody, but re-signed Juwan Johnson again as a restricted free agent, super easy to do. Went out and signed Foss Moreau, and then running back, that one was nice and easy for me. I just drafted Zach Charbonnet. We could go to the market, you know, to the free agency market, the open market, and bring somebody in if we want, but, you know, Benjamin's there, uh, Alvin Kamara's there. I'm pretty happy with that. I think you could probably go find a veteran to get involved during training camp, as the Saints always do, but your core group is set. In my opinion. And, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see what else Derek Gore's got too, because he's fun to watch and practice. His footwork is awesome. So there's there's other options out there for sure. But that's our mock off, uh, off season, uh, at least at this point, right? As we kind of forecast things, we'll learn more. What is the NFL salary cap actually going to be? Um, the Saints can, you know, probably be around $50 million over the salary cap. They'll be able to make that money and restructure and move on from some folks and things like that. that that'll be fine. Like they'll figure out a way to have that money. So as we continue to go through the offseason, we'll look more and more in-depth at the numbers. How do you get the most out of your roster with those restructures and everything and then start to rebuild and reload that roster? And eventually, too, we'll get a better understanding of what the Saints coaching staff will look like pretty soon after the season ends and as the offseason begins, and then we can start to find... The players that match what that scheme will end up looking like. So we'll continue to refine this and everything, but just an early look just to basically show you that yeah, even if the Saints don't trade Sean Payton, even if they don't get a first round pick this offseason, they'll they can reload and they can bring in some really, really good talent over the course of the offseason. All right. Appreciate y'all as always. Make a lot on Saints your first listen of the day. Next episode will be our live Sunday show after the Philadelphia Eagles game. So make sure you're coming through uh, for the live show on YouTube. That'll be our postcast. Also post to uh, audio platforms as well. And then we'll have a full Monday episode for you on Monday morning. Appreciate you as always for making me part of your day, part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.